Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gilio with you. We have Nick Earnshaw back in Philadelphia behind the glass. As I said, at Radio Row, which clearing out a little bit compared to earlier. I mean, it, obviously, the uh, the West Coast shows are, are doing their stuff here right now. But I'm hanging out till 10 o'clock, be here each night uh, through Thursday night this week. Very excited to be here out in Arizona and to be part of this. Media night going on. We're going to bring you the best of it coming up in a little bit, including Jalen Hurts when he gets up on the podium to talk. One quick thing, then we'll get to a, a great guest here. Very excited for his insight on this game and this matchup. Uh, but I wanted to bring this to you. So uh, saw this. E, uh, Tim McManus, ESPN, put this out. Uh, Jeff Lurie told ESPN Sal Palantonio today that Jalen Hurts has, quote, nothing to prove to be viewed as the long-term answer at quarterback. Asked if the contract extension negotiations are in the future. Lurie said, quote, he's just what we're looking for. I mean, I, the Eagles have a a long history here of paying guys early rather than later. I mean, so it's, they made some mistakes, but there's no question. I mean, it's not like it's all gone perfectly here when they've made these kind of decisions and we know the last quarterback they paid early and it turned out to be a complete disaster that that is that's absolutely true but um i I think they have done a great job identifying the guys they want to keep and paying them early and and getting out of the way i mean i I think there'll be no drama with this we'll figure out the money and we'll probably debate how much should be guaranteed how many years and the salary cap hits we'll talk about that but i expect jalen hurts to be uh, re-signed this offseason, the Eagles' long-term quarterback. So we will talk about a lot of that this offseason. Until then, though, we got a big game on Sunday, really big one, Super Bowl 57. Joining us right now to talk about that and to tell us all about his new book that is coming out, Gary Myers, longtime NFL writer. Uh, I remember when I was young, uh, my grandfather, Gary, would uh, would get – Every newspaper within shouting distance. That's what he loved to read, and uh, I, I grew up reading the sports pages. I remember reading a lot of your columns on Sunday. Gary, how you doing tonight? Welcome to WIP. Gary, you there? There he is. Gary Myers with us. What's up, Gary? Could you hear me, Joe? Gotcha, Gary. What's up? How are you tonight? I said, Joe, way to make me feel old talking about your your, your grandfather buying a newspaper to read. I mean, geez, come on. Well, I didn't. I I, I thought I was I was trying to tell you I've been reading your stuff for a long time, Gary. That's all. I, that was that was the outlet, right? We didn't used to have uh, Twitter and, and see your takes on there. I mean, at least not when I was a kid, right? It was it was the newspaper back in the day. Yeah, well, you're right. I yeah. I've been doing this for a long time, so um, yeah. I mean, I, when you hear people say, "I read you growing up." And now they, they have great jobs in the media. I'm going, geez, 
I have been doing this a long time. Well, or you could just think of it. You influenced an entire generation. How about that? Well, well, yeah, I like, like that. Yeah, that's a better <laughs> way to do it. All right, Gary, let, let's talk about this. And uh, uh, I'm excited to get your perspective on this game, um, Eagles and Chiefs. But before we get to the game itself, um, you know, before I came on tonight at 6, Ike Reese mm-hmm. was doing the show this afternoon here on WIP. And, and he, uh, he had a kind of a, a few minutes where he, he gave his feelings on what it means to him to see for the first time ever two African-American quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Gary, you, you've seen the, the, the change in the NFL from when it, it used to be a question mark. I mean, we could, we could be blunt about it, right? Teams and fans were, you know, maybe I guess the word is not comfortable or, or questioning if we'd ever get to this point. And, and then obviously a lot of that was silly, uh, and we've evolved from that. Uh, but we've never had this matchup before where two African-American quarterbacks playing against each other. Uh, I think it's a cool moment for the NFL. I saw some quotes from Doug Williams. I mean, what's your perspective as someone who's watched the game change over the years? Yeah, I mean, I, I covered that Super Bowl where Doug Williams was the first uh, black quarterback to start uh, in the game. And um, and he did a great job all during the week uh, answering questions. I mean, he was just inundated with all these um uh, questions that usually don't have to deal with. I mean, he was, when you're the first of anything, it, it puts a lot of pressure on you. And I, I think he, he withstood that pressure pretty good. He threw four touchdown passes in the second quarter of that game against Denver. Um, but he, what? And I think it's a good sign of what's going on in the league. Now, they have a long go with minority head coaches, obviously, but. I think we've almost reached a point with quarterbacks where it's ho-hum. You know, okay, two black quarterbacks starting. Uh, I know it's the first time, but, I mean, there's so many good African-American quarterbacks in the league now that um, it doesn't register like it used to, and I think that's a good And And Philadelphia has been way ahead of the curve uh, over the years, you know, from Randall Cunningham to McNabb to Michael Vick and now Jalen Hurts. I mean, uh, they, they were decades ahead of every other team, other teams, you know, identifying and, and getting past the, the stereotype that, okay, these uh, guys who are quarterbacks in the, in college, these African-American kids are great athletes. Let's put them at running back or safety or wide receiver because they, they can't play quarterback. And, and, you know, fortunately we seem to be, you know, way past that, um, because most quarterbacks in the league right now are African-Americans, for sure. Yeah, you're right. And it, it's funny you mentioned it, it is, in a sense, ho-hum. I mean, it obviously is something to note, and it's something uh, I think for a lot of people to be proud of. But I, I actually didn't think of it in the lead-up to the Super Bowl. Like, it wasn't even on my radar. I mean, obviously, we, we knew the teams had the one seed. We, we knew the uh, the potential matchups here just kind of playing it out. But I never thought about it until, like, last week. And then I heard someone say it, and then they played it out. Uh, and we got to this game, it, and it's a good thing it's home. And these guys are obviously tremendous players, likely to finish one-two in MVP voting. Gary, what? Give me your your perspective over the years on Jalen Hurts. Such an interesting player and such an interesting story, uh, from you know starting at Alabama at the age of 17 to then losing his job, eventually transferring, uh, and becoming the prospect he became and the player he became. Gary, I'll be honest with you, and I've told the audience a lot of times. The first time I watched him play at Alabama when he was a freshman. I didn't think he was good enough to play quarterback at this level. I just didn't think he threw the ball well enough. And and credit to him how much he worked to get to the point where he's an MVP candidate. How have you evolved in your thinking on Hurts the player the last you know five, six years? Well, if you felt that way about him when you saw him throw as a freshman, 
at Alabama. I felt that way when I saw him throw as a rookie with um, that I, you know, he seemed like he was a great leader. Uh, he obviously ran the ball really well, and I'm not stereotyping. It's just he ran the ball great, but I didn't think he threw it well enough. I'm with you, Joe, but, you know, my opinion was, you know, four or five years after you formed your opinion, and I, I, I he was going to be able to be a, a real winning quarterback in the NFL because it just seemed like he was really deficient in being able to make the throws that you have to make in this league. And, you know, all credit to him uh, working on his on his game and getting some good coaching from Doug Peterson, Nick Sariani and his staff. And, and he's, like you said, um, if he doesn't win the MVP, it, he's going to finish second or third, you know? So, um, he developed into a great player. And, uh, I heard you said at the, at the top of the hour about getting a new contract. He certainly deserves it. Um, the only warning I would put out there is, you know, I know the Eagles have always taken care of the young players. Do they want to see more from him before they commit, you know, the between 40 and $50 million a year, which is the going rate. Um, and the only reason I say that is they got burned with Carson Wentz and they might, they jumped too soon on that one. Uh, but Carson Wentz never got them to a Super Bowl. He was having an MVP season, when he tore up years ago, but he wasn't the quarterback that got him to the Super Bowl. And we don't know if he would have gotten to the Super Bowl. We know Jalen Hurts has gotten there. So maybe it's an awful lot of money. Um, it's not my money. Uh, Jeff Lurie's got to decide you know, when is the time to do it. Um, they certainly don't want to get into a situation where they got to put the fifth-year option on them. Option. They want to do it you know, probably at some point in the next 12 months. But um, uh, I guess they'd have to put the option on him by May, but it doesn't mean he'd have to get to that point. They can certainly get a long-term contract done before that. That's what I think they'll do. Yeah, I, I would guess that too. Sometime this offseason, it's just a matter of, of, of how much it turns out to be and how many years. Talking to Gary Myers here uh, as we look forward to Super Bowl 57. Gary, your perspective on Nick Sirianni, um, you know, not quite the, the Jalen Hurts in the, in the spotlight underdog story, but obviously not a name that anyone in the NFL really talked about three years ago. And, Gary, I can just tell you, here in Philadelphia, when he was 2-5 and five, uh, in his first seven games, there was a lot of questions. Like, what, did the, well, who is this guy? In his first press conference, I'm sure you've ever mm-hmm. seen the clips of that. It, was, um, it, it wasn't great. I mean, he just seemed overwhelmed and stumbling over his words. But he's done, a, he's done a great job. Yet I know there's some people out there, I'm sure you saw the clip, uh, Julian Love last week, who, who kind of think that yeah. he's just along for the ride here. What's your perspective on Sirianni as he has, has the Eagles in the Super Bowl in his second season? Well, I didn't think what Julian Love said was fair. Um, I'm not really sure where he was coming from on that. Coaching the NFL is more important than it is in any other sport. And you can't. it's very hard to overcome bad coaching. And the coaches have to put the players in the right position to succeed. And he's certainly done that. But I, well, I do want to say this, that in the 40-some-odd years I've covered the league, let's just say on an average there's five new head coaches every year. And that might be a conservative estimate, but let's just say I've seen 200 coaching changes in 40 years. I can honestly say Nick Sirianni is the only one who got hired that I had never heard of before. I was wow. hired him. Yeah. I didn't know who he was, and I'd like to think 
you know, I keep up with everything going on around the league and um, coach with the Indianapolis Colts. I, I just, I, I didn't know who he was. And uh, I, I remember that first press conference that he, he kind of bombed. And I can only imagine what Eagle fans were thinking. And then, like you said, Joe, getting off to that rocky start. But, I mean, he, listen, he's done a great job. I don't care what Julian Love says. Yeah, well, people in Philadelphia cared last week, and now we're feeling the same thing. Who cares what Julian Love says? Eagles yeah, win the really. Super Bowl here. Um, uh, Gary, when you look at the game this Sunday, it, it, it's it's shaping up to be, and we'll see where it closes and what the perception is. But, you know, in terms of the betting line, it's one and a half. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's out there. The, the thought is it's a coin flip. Uh, and people who set these numbers out there, you've, you know, we've seen a lot of Super Bowls over the years that are close, but this could end up as one of the – you know, perceived closest matchups we've ever seen. Uh, and certainly games have gotten closer the last 20 years or so. But when you when you look at the matchup here, who do you give the edge to? And, and do you expect a close game? I do. I was taking a lot of calls tonight where people saying they expect the Eagles to win this game by double digits. I don't see that against Mahomes and Reed. I think we're looking for at a close game. What's your read on what kind of game we're getting here? Well, I don't want to jinx anything for Eagle fans, but – I kind of agree with what they're telling you. I, okay. I see the Eagles winning by 10. Um, the, the Eagles have been the best team in the league from wire to wire. Uh, now, I know the, we're not finished until Sunday, so it's, not, it's wire to wire to this point. Um, the only lull they had were the two games that Jalen Hurts was hurt. They could have finished 16-1. and one. Um, I, I think that... Kansas City, we don't know what the two weeks is going to mean to Mahomes' ankle. Usually that injury is, you know, a four- to five-week injury, and he he didn't do himself uh, any favors or he didn't get any better by playing against Cincinnati. I mean, he might have set himself back a little bit because you saw how much he was limping, especially in the second half. So I find it hard to believe uh, that Mahomes will be – even close to 100% on Sunday, just knowing the history of high ankle sprains. Added to that, they've had some injuries at wide receiver. Uh, I know their production was, you know, very good as an offense compared to what it's been in years past, but they don't have a Tyreek Hill type anymore. And he's the thing that, you know, in addition to Mahomes, because he's great, obviously, but what made the Kansas City offense really special is they can score from anywhere on the field because of Mahomes throwing out to Tyreek Hill. They don't have that anymore. I mean, um, Travis Kelsey is their most dangerous weapon, and he's, you know, at the most a 20-yard receiver. You know, he's not going to beat you for 70 yards. I think that the Eagles are – they really don't – you know, going into this game, I I don't really see any weaknesses. Um, They've kind of had a bye right through the NFC playoffs. When you think about it, the Giants weren't in their class, and then the 49ers, who I thought would give them a tough game, lose their quarterback on the seventh play and basically play the rest of the game without a quarterback, and it's kind of hard to win a championship game without a quarterback. Um, but I, I really I, – I can see the Eagles really dominating this game, kind of like the Bucks did a couple of years ago. That happened because the Chiefs' two, two tackles were both hurt, and the, the pass rush just overwhelmed them. But I can see – the the Chiefs' offensive line is certainly better than it was two years ago, but the Eagles' defensive line has just been unstoppable all year, and I think it's going to be the same way on Sunday. 
Yeah, it could be. Um, and getting to Mahomes, obviously, the key like that Fox game you mentioned. Gary Myers joining us here, longtime NFL writer and author as a new book out. We have to we have to hear about it in a minute here. Gary, um, you know, you mentioned the other side with Mahomes and getting to him and, and the Eagles defense and how good they've been this year. That 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 is the challenge and that's the hiccup for me to, to see that the path to a uh, you know a double digit win is just how much respect I have for Mahomes. I, I'm curious from your perspective. I know you wrote uh, a book few years back about Brady and Manning, two, two of the mm-hmm. best ever. Um, we just had the retirement of Tom Brady here. Uh, and last week when Brady retired, you know, I'm, every show I did the same thing. Like we threw out our, our, our top five list. Like, you know, who, now that Brady's done, how do we rank him? And I, I put Mahomes up there already. Are, are, are you, are you, in the, are you re- ready to do that as well? I mean, you've seen a lot of great quarterbacks. Do you think Mahomes already through just five seasons as a starter – is in that conversation a top five quarterback ever? Ever do you think he's still got more work to do to be in that mix? Well, I'd say you put him in the top five if you're going to say who had five of the best seasons in NFL history, mm-hmm. and then you put Mahomes in the top five. I mean, it's really been four years. Um, as far as top five all time, absolutely not. Not yet. I mean, I, I need to see more. I mean, who do, who are you taking out? I mean, I have Brady one, Montana. Um, I'd have Peyton in there. Peyton is I top five guy. I would just say Peyton, Elway, yep. Marino. Um, so I, I I can't. I don't put. Um, I I just don't. I need to. See, there has to be more of a body of work. Yeah. Like I said, four of the great seasons in NFL history because he sat as a rookie. Um, you can match those four years up against anybody else's four years. But if you could talk about the greatest of all time, um, you got you got to see what he does over like at least a 10-year period to knock some of these other guys off the list. And, you know, I'm forgetting guys just off the top of my head. But those are, those are the guys that, you know, I think, you know, are at the top. And I, I just don't – I think Mahomes will wind up there if he stays healthy and plays like he's been playing. But I need to see a little bit more. Yeah, and it's, it, it, I mean that's it shows you how many great quarterbacks have been because um, you didn't even mention and I, I I think it's fair to put these guys probably right outside top five. But we didn't mention Breeze, we didn't mention Rodgers, um, Steve right. Young. That's right. like, there's, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's been a lot of great quarterbacks and over you, the years. You know, you can talk about Favre also. Yeah. Although you know he's not a top five guy, he's a top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like I said, Joe. I, I think eventually, as long as he stays healthy, we'll certainly be talking about him. Um, it could be very hard, in my opinion, for anybody to pass Brady and Montana. I saw somebody last week didn't have Joe Montana in the top five. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's I, I mean, in my mind, that person lost a lot of credibility because I mean, the guy was 4-0 in the Super Bowl with 11 touchdowns and no interceptions. You, you can make a case. And I, I would Brady's number one for me because of the longevity and – 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven championships. But I could easily make a case that Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback in NFL history um, and, and not have to apologize for that. Uh, to me, they're 1-1A. One one Joe was a little bit better of an athlete. He was much more nimble on his feet. But other than that, I think they're the same player. I thought Brady and Montana were very much the same player. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because obviously Brady grew up idolizing him and the Niners and watching right. those teams. Gary, let's end with this. I, I know a new book of yours coming out. Tell us about that, uh, when it's coming out, where, where our, our listeners and, and any NFL fan get I know you have a lot of football books, including the Brady Manning one, which I, uh, which I think is, is one of your best ones. What's the newest one? This one is called Once a Giant, a story of uh, victory, tragedy, and life after football. And it, it is, in my opinion, my best book by far. It's about the 86 Super Bowl champion Giants, but it's not. I'm not chronicling that season, which was over 35 years ago. It's about the biggest issue facing football players um, yesterday and today and the players of tomorrow is what is their life going to be like in their 50s and their 60s? Life after football has become the biggest issue for players. And uh, I talked to all the big-name guys. I interviewed Parcells. I interviewed Belichick. You know, Lawrence Taylor, Phil Sims, Carl Banks, Harry Carson, Mark Bavaro, um, and, the st- and, and a lot of the lesser-known guys as well to balance it off. Joe, the, the stories that they told me about what their lives have been like and the challenges, both physical, mental, uh, um, financial, it's, it's unbelievable. And... I chose to write about this team because I knew a lot of the players going into it, but it really, I could have written this book about any team because with the problems these guys are facing are not unique to the 86 giants. I would guarantee you the 86 Eagles are going through the same thing. It's just, I I needed to focus on one team rather than kind of cherry pick players around the league. And this is, none of my books have been about New York teams and I really always wanted to do one. But the bigger issue is life after football. And I think people are going to be blown away when they read some of the stories in this book uh, that players got so desperate from their injuries um, from football. And a lot of them feel they have CTE, which has led to current states of depression, that four or five of them told me that it got so bad and they felt so hopeless that they considered ending their lives. Now, I named the players in the book because I quote them about their situation. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I don't want to give it away now, but um, just really some truly amazing stories. Gary, uh, you know, it is a, a subject that, you know, it's, more light has been shined on it, obviously with the, what's come out the last 20 years, 15 years with concussions. But it sounds like an incredible book and, and, and stories that I think as fans we need to know. So I, I'm excited to read this book of yours. And, uh, Gary, really appreciate you making some time. I know it's a busy week for everyone, um, you know, around the football world. But thank you for hopping on tonight. I'll check out the book and, uh, and enjoy the Super Bowl this week. 
Hey, Joe, thank you very much. And it, I just want to tell your listeners, uh, it's available on Amazon to pre-order now, and it's coming out September 12th. Awesome. I, I will have that. I will read it. I'll tell my listeners about it. Thank you again, Gary Myers, longtime NFL writer and the author of, uh, of a new great book that's coming out, um, Once a Giant, the story of victory, tragedy, and life after football. Uh, great stuff there from Gary Myers um, joining us. And how about that? He's with you guys. He's with everyone out there who keeps telling me over and over this is going to be a blowout. That, that's, uh, that's a little surprising. 215-592-9494. Let's grab Kevin, who's been waiting in Philadelphia. What's up, Kevin? I'm good, Joe. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I must say, Kevin, I've been riding with you all season, man, and you definitely have been in point when it comes to the Jalen Hurts train, and I give you your props for that. But I'm looking at this Eagles team, man, and from the start of training camp, even down to the last game, we've been having so many doubters. And I think that this team, even though they like to say they're not listening Jalen Hurts likes to call it rat poison. Those guys are listening, man. Now, when they played the Giants, oh, no team has never beaten three teams um, three times in a row. What did we do? Beat them three times in a row. Okay. Now, they're over there in San Fran. Oh, they got the best team. They got the best defense. They got the best offense. And you think those guys weren't listening. What did they go in there and do? They beat them. They beat them by a lot, too. And you think that they're not hearing that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid offense is this and they're that. Listen, man, when I heard Gannon last week with his little quip on his way to the game, yeah. that he, he wanted to gut it the, 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 the Niners. I love that. He Wasn't that awesome? The Chiefs. Yeah, that was awesome. That was, you know, that got me so hyped, Joe. Yep. I'm sitting up there like, this can't be Gannon. I think Gannon won the whole city over with that, Kevin. That was awesome. He, he won me over. Yeah. And I'm still there saying to myself, man, listen, they don't have Tyreek Hill. And I think that does make a difference with how Pat Mahomes is able to move in the pocket these days, especially with that high ankle injury. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, they're going to focus themselves on, on Hassan Reddick and watch the other guys are going to take over because he's just been a wrecking ball. And once they start favoring that side – Everybody else is going to come on down, man. I'm telling you, man, we're about to witness something that, listen, I'm not saying there's going to be no major blowout, but I got double digits win, man. I do. I do. Man, we're, listen, we're taking, you, can, you, might be starting, you guys here. might be starting to convince me here. I mean, I, I came on tonight. I'm like, you guys are crazy. And I, I, I just keep hearing it. Kevin, man, I appreciate it. I love the phone call. appreciate it. 215-592-9494. Might be starting to, might be starting to convince me. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I think this is going to be a close game. Four points is the number in my head. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. Joe Gillio live, Phoenix, Arizona, at the Media Center on Radio Row. We're going to bring you the best of Media Day coming up at 9 p.m. We'll let you hear what Jalen Hurts had to say uh, as he's sitting there surrounded, uh, as you'd imagine, Jalen Hurts surrounded by everyone trying to ask that guy questions. He is the uh, one of the toasts of the town here in Phoenix. We'll bring you what Jalen had to say, some of the best of the best of Media Night coming up at 9. On the other side, Steve Palazzolo will join us of Pro Football Focus Live right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. And look, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Download FanDuel now and use promo code GIGLIO so you can bet the Super Bowl and several Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I got a couple touchdown props I like. How about Jalen Hurts who scored an eight-time touchdown? And I like Travis Kelsey on the Kansas City side. 
I wouldn't be opposed to pairing those two as the first two touchdowns of the Super Bowl. It's all on a top-rated sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. I really like the FanDuel app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. So join FanDuel today, promo code Gilio to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you live from Super Bowl 57 Media Night. Uh, Taking place just across the street. We're live at Radio Row. And it's WIP Goes to AZ Championship coverage brought to you by SEPTA, the Philly Way to Go, as we broadcast from Radio Row this entire week. Mark Cerise in the afternoon, myself each night until 10 p.m. We'll get back to the phone lines here, 215-592-9494. But right now joining us uh, live at Radio Row, kind enough to hang out, Steve Palazzolo. He is the head of football product at Pro Football Focus, joining us to get ready for this game. Steve, how you doing tonight, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and good to be in person. I've had you on the show before as a phone guest, but yeah. we're both here now, and um, it, it's a cool matchup we have in this Super Bowl. Two teams, I, I, I think, you know, in football, any sport – Teams that are run the right way, build the right way, you kind of pull for them to win because I think they're doing it the right way. I feel like these two teams, in a lot of ways, are, are the, uh, two of the models right now on how to build. I mean, and, and the way the Eagles have done it around a young, cheap quarterback, like they've they've really taken advantage of, of this block they have with Hurts before he's paid. Yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles' offseason was just incredible. We were just discussing quickly off air what those moves were, getting James Bradbury to solidify that secondary, the patience that they had to get him after the draft for pennies on the dollar. Um, the night of the draft on, uh, in round one, the Eagles having two picks. Uh, first off, the wheeling and dealing that they yep. did with the Saints. Uh, but coming out of that night with A.J. Brown, even having to pay him $25 million a year, I remember saying that night saying, it's not a deep draft. It's not a loaded draft. There's no player I'd rather have than A.J. Brown, even if I have to pay him. And I think we've seen that. We've seen the offense be completely transformed. So I think the Eagles have been one of the models. I thought two years ago, they were in rebuild mode, mm-hmm. right? They, we didn't know if they were going to win four games or sneak into the playoffs. They snuck into the playoffs last year. It seemed like they accelerated the rebuild, and then they just made so many good moves when it comes to free agency, when it comes to post-draft free agency, and then using their draft capital. So um, Eagles have been fantastic, and the Chiefs, you know, they paid Mahomes all that money and said, okay, we have to build around Mahomes. How are we going to do it? Through the offensive line, and we, you know, uh, an aggressive move by them trading Tyree Kill and saying, you know, we're going to think we think five players are more valuable than one. I thought it was a mistake at the time, but I've been proven wrong. I think to this point, Mahomes was able to carry them enough, and they're playing all those rookies and getting just enough production out of them to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and when it comes to the Eagles' pass rush, Steve, I mean that that's the thing that keeps coming up this week and, and what they could do there. I mean, the one thing that I, I think is really interesting, and, and the comparison, I'm a baseball guy. Baseball's my first favorite sport. Me too, man. Uh, I, I think of their pass rush as almost a team. Now, I'm not saying Reddick's not a great player. He is right now. But a team that has eight or nine really good hitters instead of just having Shohei Otani, right, or just having Mike Trout, I think it's actually more difficult to, to block that, right? Like, Nick Bosa's a great player, but there's a couple spots. I was When I was watching that game last night, I was like, it's not – I mean, the Niners are really good. But the Eagles are tougher to, to block, I think, because – Sure, double Hassan Reddick. Well, Josh Sweat's coming off the other edge. Right. I, I wonder if they've not cracked the code, but I wonder if, if there's something about the way they've built their defensive line where it's like, yeah, Aaron Donald or Nick Bosa or, or you know, Micah Pars is great, but give me eight pass rushers, and I think I have a better chance to win the game. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a tactical thing, as you're describing, because you, you, the offense has to make a decision. Yeah. As you're saying, we can double this guy or slide protection that way. So it's tactical, and it's also strategic when it comes to the season, when it comes to depth. When it comes to a guy like Fletcher Cox, as he's getting a little bit older, you've always had that next guy, right? Yep. We went out and got Javon Hargrave to, to compensate for that. They drafted Josh Sweat when they already had, uh, you know, Brandon Graham. They had starters there, right? So it has been certainly an organizational philosophy to be strong in the trenches um, in Philadelphia. And then, you know, Hassan Reddick is just 
I mean, those are the types of moves that you make, right? That was like the only move that they made in that first wave of free agency. Yeah. And we all, you know, media wise, it's like, all right, who won free agency? Who won? You never picked the team that just, you know, grabbed one guy for $6 million. But it, you know, again, you build your team all throughout the offseason. I love the way the Eagles have done it. And I love the way they do load up with seven and eight pass rushers different types of players that the offensive line has to account for. What did you think of the Hurts pick when it happened? What did PFF, you know, how did you grade that? Because I was on the air that night. I was live on the air doing, you know, this night show. And um, a lot of times during the, their season, uh, the, the second night of the draft, I don't have a show because we have the Phillies on, right? So baseball's yeah. on. But that was the pandemic year. No other sports on, right? right? So I'm doing a live show concurrent to the draft. And I'm like, all right, Eagles run the clock. And we played the pick. And, Steve, within five minutes, the, our, our phone lines were filled. Everybody's and upset. People are like, what is going on? They have they just they just gave Carson Wentz the contract. Now, I wasn't right. a big Wentz guy, so I was like, ah, you know what? Just Maybe this will work out. Just, let's, just Let's take a deep breath. But it was obviously unconventional. And the point I made in the moment was I don't know what they're thinking, but, you, but teams don't typically take second-round picks to not play. I mean, that's – second-round picks eventually get on the field. That's just the way it works. Not a fourth-round pick. It's second. So I thought something was odd about it. I'm not – in how he lied the next day, he said – he came on this radio station, he said, cheap, inefficient backup. He wasn't going to say they were hedging their bets on Wentz. But what did you think when it happened? Because it turned out to be, I, I would argue, maybe the best pick in franchise history, him in the second round. Yeah, so I, th- I thought it was an amazing process pick. And it is so tough, especially in, in any city, Philadelphia or not, it's so tough to, like, to think about the long-term process. I mean, I really thought at the time, you, you draft a second-round quarterback at worst – he is a good backup. It's a second-round pick. Maybe that's high for a backup. But we saw a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo provide second-round insurance for Tom Brady, and then they flipped him for another pick. So it's like you can you can kind of get that draft capital back. At best, what we saw right. happen, right, which is, okay, maybe he made Carson a, a little uneasy and upset, but that's okay. Like if Carson Wentz is going to be upset because you have a backup, he shouldn't be your guy anyway. Right. It gave you your answer quicker, and then you get to build around – a first contract quarterback. So I thought the process was sound. The worst case scenario to me is like you spent a second round pick on a guy that is a backup and eventually maybe you could trade him. The best case is you have this first contract quarterback and now you can invest in going and trade for an AJ Brown or whatever it might be. So I thought the process was sound and I think it's so sound that it offsets the fact that you picked Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. And I think when we look at the draft, we all analyze the draft. Do you like this player? Like that player? We have to look at look at it more from the process mm-hmm. of nobody really knows who's going to be good. Therefore, make good decisions. And good decisions are picking high-value positions, like receiver, even if you miss, and quarterbacks, always picking quarterbacks. I mean, just like the Niners getting Brock Purdy. It didn't work out for them last week, but having Brock Purdy on the team as a four-year starter, it ended up working out. Continue to draft quarterbacks because the payout is so incredible when they hit like a Jalen Hurts did. Yeah, I remember Mike Holmgren in the 90s doing that, right? Every year he took Hasselbeck, he took Brunel, yeah. like, and those guys became good quarterbacks. So there's value in it. There is. Steve, um, how do you guys grade Nick Sirianni? It's interesting, the, the feedback and the media stuff. Uh, Julian Love last week on uh, Good Morning Football. He almost, the way he described it made me think of, like, a baseball manager or a basketball coach in the NBA, where for the most part the talent's going to win, right? There's some strategical stuff, but... I mean, if you and I have LeBron James, we could win a lot of games, right? In football, that's not the way coaches are almost ever talked about. Julian Love said that about Sirianni last week, and it kind of raised my eyebrow. I mean, I think he's done a good job, but it, it is weird to grade him. He doesn't call plays, right? He's not, he, last year he did, and then he gave that up. How do you guys grade him because the results are off the charts? Yeah, I mean, it, coaches, like, we don't want to judge quarterbacks by wins necessarily, but you, like, 
what else are coaches <laughs> their job? Be judged yeah. by? You kind of have to judge them by wins. Yeah. I also think it's fair when the coaches have the elite quarterback and you say, okay, Tom Brady left Bill Belichick, and maybe it's not as easy. It's like, oh, okay, you know, maybe the, the elite quarterback might be the bigger driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing against Jalen Hurts, but I don't think he's in this elite quarterback status yet. yet. So yeah. you have to give Nick Sirianni that credit, I think. And then when you look at the, the in-game tactical stuff, the fourth down decision-making, and I, look, I know how the Eagles operate on the inside, I mean, uh, to a point, and they are forward-thinking, and that has to start, you know, from the ownership down to Howie, down to Nick Sirianni. So he has to be ag- to be aggressive and make the right moves on fourth down. That is an organizational decision that Nick Sirianni is implementing, right? Um, the adjustments that the defense made this year. The, the head coach is the CEO, right? And you, you essentially judge them by that on-field product. And the on-field product is, yeah, I think Howie deserves a ton of credit for all the off-season moves. I love it. But you have a team that can win different ways. You have a team that just the uh, – we call it the double-cheek push, by the way, the fourth and yes. short, the double-cheek push yep. on Jalen Hurts. It's unstoppable, the, by the way, the, that play. It is. Yeah. Like you found, you're finding edges in the NFL. You're finding cheat codes, like a Madden player using the same play over and over until the other team stops it. That The coach deserves credit for that. So I think Sirianni deserves credit for being the CEO, making better, you know improvements to the defense last year to this year, improvements to the offense – finding those edges when it comes to fourth downs and how their fourth down package works. I think all that falls under the head coach. I think Sirianni's done a great job. We're talking to Steve Palazzola here from Pro Football Focus live on Radio Row. Steve, I, I'm taking a lot of calls the last week. People are starting to get really confident in Philadelphia, like really oh, confident. Oh, don't do that. Oh, don't I know, I know. Confident. And I'm saying tonight, like I think this is a close game on Sunday. I think this is a yeah. one-score game. Um, but if you had to pick out a weakness of the Eagles that you think the Chiefs are going to exploit, like wh- wh- what should I be worried about as I watch the game on Sunday, besides the fact that it's Mahomes, right? Like you just, you just worry he's the best quarterback of this generation. Uh, where do you think they're going to try to get the Eagles? So I, I think the, the scary part if you're an Eagles fan might be that Christmas Eve game against the Cowboys, right, where Dak throws a pick six early on, but after that just absolutely carves up that defense, quick-hitting passing game. There's the third and 30 in there and everything. But for the most part, it was just uh, carving up Philly's zone coverage. Mm-hmm. And they've been they've been fantastic this year overall defensively. I thought, remember early last year, they were giving up like 80% completions to every single quarterback. It was some of the softest coverage I've ever seen. They definitely got better with that um, Philly's defense this, this year. But Mahomes has made those great adjustments. A year ago, he wasn't handling the too high stuff. And the, he wasn't as patient in the underneath game. But that's what the Chiefs have become. They have become an underneath passing game I know we see Mahomes highlights all the time but he will sit in the pocket take the five-yard pass take the five-yard pass more yards after the catch than any team in NFL history and I think that's where they could have some success against the Eagles and then the pass rush doesn't matter right if you're getting rid of the ball in 2.4 2.5 seconds the pass rush gets negated the Chiefs O-line is good enough anyway so that's gonna be a great battle so I think that's the biggest question mark uh, will Mahomes play that patient game and if he does, I think he'll have he'll have a chance to have some some success against this Eagles defense. Let's end with this other side with the Eagles. You know, we've seen that they've played multiple ways this year. Like they'll yeah. do whatever the defense allows them to do. Right? You come up, they're going to throw the ball over your head. You you stay back, they're going to run with their numbers in the box. What do you think when when you look at the Chiefs? Where do you think the Eagles are going to attack them? The ground game's been great all year, but I also look. I, I think it might have been uh, next gen stats had a number. AJ Brown best in the NFL against press coverage. Chiefs yeah. play the most press coverage feels like there's going to be some plays to make in the passing game if that's the way the Eagles want to go. My favorite thing about the Eagles this year is multiple ways to win. I mean, that is how you win in the NFL. That's why I love having A.J. Brown. Even when he catches three passes against the Giants, you yeah. know 
that teams were counting. The for Patriots them. were like that. I mean, yeah. Brady got all the credit, but they ran a lot during the early part of that dynasty. Like if they, the run game was there, yeah. they took it. If uh, Bill Belichick deserves credit for letting Brady throw the ball 25 times in a row, if that's what the defense yep. dictated, I think the Eagles have gotten to that point, right? So um, I, I do think you need big plays from your receivers, though. You've got the young corners uh, for the Chiefs. I know um, you know they were a little banged up out uh, on the outside as well. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, I do think they're going to have to make some big plays. So I think the Eagles will have some su- some success running, especially with Hurts. Um, but you got to create those explosives. And I, so I, I think the receivers are going to be a, a – it, it's going to be a huge matchup. I think that what you're saying to the, the, the Chiefs and their press coverage, that's what uh, Steve Spagnuolo likes to do. He likes to be aggressive. Yep. Um, how Jalen Hurts handles the blitz. But I think you're going to get some one-on-one. So I think it's the Eagles have to win those one-on-ones, even if they rush for five yards per carry. If they're not creating a couple 30, 40, 50-yard plays, I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, explosive plays matter big time in this game. Steve, I really appreciate hopping by, hopping over uh, from your table. So you guys here all week? Yeah, here all week. I'm going to stay through the game. So. Cool, yeah. Okay. It's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus. Check it out. Check out the website, uh, the podcast those guys put up. And you guys doing live content here? Or you do What are you guys doing? Yeah, PFF NFL Podcast. Okay. That's uh, my uh, podcast partner, Sam, and I will be live every single day here awesome. grabbing some guests and having some fun. Awesome. Check it out, the PFF Podcast. Sam, thank you so much for, for coming out here. All right, we got a lot more to talk about. 215-592-9494 is how you hop The best of media night coming up. We'll, we'll bring that to you at 9 o'clock. Jalen Hurts spoke a little while ago. I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the atmosphere around him was off the charts and a ton of people out there talking to Jalen Hurts. And, I mean, look, he's the toast of the town right now along with Sirianni and uh, all those guys. But you, you think about uh, some of the stuff we just discussed there uh, in terms of the big plays. I, I do think, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of – our default to sit here and say, got to run the ball, got to run the ball, have to you know, make sure you are controlling the clock, keeping Mahomes off the field. And that's, that's all good. I mean, that, that is all good. But the Eagles, in order to win this game, I do believe, are going to need to make some explosive plays in the passing game. And I, I just look at the offense last week. It was, it was very – it was a slog. We'll put it that way. It was a slog to move the football last week against the Niners. But it didn't matter. They are up so much. And I think the game plan late in the game became simply just not to turn the football over. Once they realized – that they had the Niners, and they, and they realized it. They they had the Niners. That it, then it didn't matter. I mean, it, it didn't matter as long as they weren't. And I think Hertz played like that last week. I mean, he missed a couple shots down the field. No big deal. But he played in the second half of that game like he knew, and they knew, if they didn't turn the football over, they couldn't lose. And I don't believe that's the kind of game we're getting on Sunday. I mean. The Chiefs are just too efficient of an offense to just say, yeah, we'll just throttle it down in the second quarter. They're going to have to move the football through the ground, but also through the air. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. All right, 9 o'clock, we'll, we'll give you some of the best of media night. But Nick Earnshaw uh, showed me this. And I gotta, we got to pass this along. So, Nick, was this uh, Wisniewski, the former guard, part of the, the uh, 2017 Super Bowl team? Uh, I love his tweet here, Stephen Wisniewski. Uh, this was he put up a couple uh, about an hour ago or earlier this afternoon. Man, forget the Kelsey Bowl. This Super Bowl should be called the Wisniewski Bowl. LOL. And he tagged uh, Jason and, and Travis Kelsey because obviously he played. I kind of forgot about that, uh, Nick. That he was on the Chiefs team that won a couple years ago. Wisniewski. He left yeah. here and went out to Kansas City. So yeah, I mean he's. Uh, I wonder who he's rooting for in this game. He's got I mean, he's got a lot of loyalty to both sides. Yeah, I mean this has got to be tough for him. He posted a picture of both Super Bowl hats, both Super Bowl rings. I mean, who do you who do you root for? I mean, I guess you can't lose if you're in his situation. In the Kelsey situation, you kind of lose. I mean, you kind of feel for the Kelsey mom and dad. I mean, they they can't really choose a side, right? Now you know, isn't it amazing? In the same year, um, I was thinking about this the other day that we've had 
brothers against each other in the NLCS with the Phillies, right? Aaron and Austin Nola right. against each other. And now the Kelsey brothers. Now, the, the Austin and Aaron Nola one was fun, and they got to face each other pitcher versus hitter. But I think we could be real, right? Like, Austin Nola's not a very good player. He's, you know, he's a an average okay. catcher. Yeah, he's fine. Like, he's a big leaguer, but, you know, he's kind of a below-average starter or he's a backup on a really good team. So it didn't have, like, the buzz. It was more just, like, the cool story and the, and the parents wearing the, the split jersey, and that was cool. But, I mean, Nick, this is this is amazing because we get – we get two Hall of Famers. I mean, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind both the Kelsey brothers are going to the Hall of Fame, which the only other ones I could think of, I know the Matthews family is is a royal family, and then Peyton and Eli will probably both be, be there. I mean, I, I think Eli's going to get in because the two Super Bowl wins. But these two guys at different positions are both the best in the NFL at their position. That's, that I don't think we'll ever see that again. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I was having this kind of an argument with our one of our other producers, Francisco Rojas. He's actually in here cutting sound tonight. He thought that the NOLA matchup was more interesting because they got to face off against each other. And I'm just like, well, they don't have a podcast either. And they're not Hall of Famers like the, the, like the Kelsey brothers. I find this one more entertaining because I think it's a bigger stage. It's the Super Bowl. It's not the NLCS, which is huge. But I, I think this is just on another level. Oh, it's not a couple. Tell Fran. I mean, Fran. That's cause just because Francesco's a baseball guy at heart, so he's going with the baseball thing. Yeah, there's no way that's bigger. Yes, they got to face each other, but a couple things. One, we had seen them face each other before, right? So that, right. that I mean, it wasn't like this the first time it happened. Two, it wasn't the World Series. Let's also remember that it was the NLCS. So it's like, yeah, it was big, and it was a really big game. NLCS is gigantic, but it wasn't the World Series like this is the Super Bowl. And I think what you said there is the key. I mean. Aaron, Aaron Nola is obviously not a really good starting pitcher. You know, he can make a case top 15 or whatever, 20 starting pitcher in baseball. So, you know, he t- has some status to him. But, I mean, Austin Nola has no status. These two guys are literally the best at their position in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, this is bigger. I mean, uh, Nick, I was we were debating on our uh, my BetQL show this morning. Which um, Kelsey do we think they'll show first during the national anthem? Because we're, we were guessing they'll pan to Andy Reid first. I'm, I'm thinking right. Andy Reid, Mahomes. Go through each prob- each each matchup pretty much. Each, each yeah, story and the quarterbacks, right? They'll th- throw Mahomes and, and Hurts up there. But if you had to guess which Kelsey gets first billing on the TV screen, or, or is it a split screen with the Kelsey brothers? See, I'm going split screen. I think they show both of them at the same time, kind of in warm-ups beforehand or on each sideline. I, I think it's split screen. I don't think they, they favor one side. I think they'll be even. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it, it's the kind of storyline that, like, hits everyone, right? Like, you know, in, there are obviously plenty of people out there that are only, you know, only children or don't have siblings, but for the most like anyone that has a sibling that watches the Super Bowl can feel this, right? Like, could you imagine at the highest level of whatever profession you are out there, your brother or sister or whatever is just as good as you in the same profession? It's maybe a different position, but the same kind of job status, the same. It's um, it's really unique and it's it's cool. I, I can't that that's one of those ones I don't get tired of. I mean, I have a brother. Nick, do you have any siblings? I do. I have a brother, and we would be ultra competitive with each other growing up. So, it, yeah, I, I'd feel, I'd feel kind of for my parents a little bit because yeah. I'd want to win. I would want to bury my brother if I had to go up against him in a big game or something. Yeah, I can't imagine. So I have two kids. Uh, I mean, I'm going to guess right now they're not going to be in the NFL against each other. But, um, you know, I couldn't imagine that spot as a parent because – 
I, I mean, you just would be completely torn. I, I mean, I, I, I can't. Im- I have to imagine it is the happiest day of their life when the Super Bowl kicks off, and also one that is the hardest emotionally because wh- one of their sons will lose the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. Like that will happen. Now, the good thing for the Kelsey for Kelsey's parents is they both have won, so it's not like you know one forever will will always be without a ring or something. Or you know, they, they both won already, so it's more just bragging rights. The, the only thing that comes close to this was when the Harbaugh brothers went against each other as coaches. The Harbaugh. Yeah, the, the Harbaugh. The Harbaugh. Yes, and that's when the lights went out in uh, in New Orleans. I yes. guess that was uh, about 10 years ago uh, with the Kaepernick versus Flacco Super Bowl. But, yeah, this is it, – it's awesome. It, it is fun, and it's probably something we'll never see again. 215-592-9494. We get back. We'll give you some of the best of media night. We know Jalen Hurts spoke. Nick Sirianni may have been asked the most ridiculous question you will ever hear on media night. We'll talk about some of the best from media night and get back to the phone lines. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop in. Do you believe the Eagles will win this game by double digits? I do not. I believe it's a close game. We'll discuss on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.